From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. The weather for Juneau looks like snow is going to continue through the night and into tomorrow, while Sitka and Ketchikan can expect rain over the next day or two. Here's National Weather Service meteorologist Spencer Fielding. So for today, we're going to have our precipitation really continuing across the region with for areas like Juneau staying as snow and then more of a rain as you head farther south. Ketchikan and Sitka, they are looking at more going to be a rain, although there is a chance of seeing some snow in Ketchikan until they warm up through tonight. He says Haynes and Skagway will receive snow, but not as much in the way of precipitation as Juneau and the rest of the communities in southeast. Juneau can expect a few inches of snow with light winds. However, off the coast, the winds will be increasing. Most places there will be places on the water, such as Lane Canal or those heading out into the outside waters. For most places, it's going to be under 20 knots, except for, like I said, those outside waters or going down through Lynn, which might get up into the low 20s. He says temperatures should rise just above freezing in Juneau and the surrounding areas. Dave Ringel is the executive director for St. Vincent de Paul. He joined Angel Montgomery on Capital Chat last week to talk about events taking place tomorrow. First, he gives a background on St. Vincent de Paul's mission. Well, uh, St. Vincent de Paul is a uh, charity organization. We provide aid to people. Uh, that can be food, that can be utility assistance, that can be rental vouchers. But one of the things we do is we have 26 shelter rooms and 75 low-income housing units in our community. So we work primarily with families and vulnerable seniors to get them off the streets and into housing. Uh, and then once they're in our shelter, we work on getting them into long-term rentals and we're working hard to end the power, the uh, challenges of homelessness here in Alaska and in Juneau particularly. Ringel says if you know someone struggling, direct them to the Tuesday event. We have services on Teal Street at both the Glory Hall and St. Vincent DePaul. We have services downtown. and It happens on Tuesday, okay. January 31st. From 7 to 10 at Marine Park, there will be a breakfast and there will be bags containing toiletries, socks, other clothing, and some gift cards so that if people wish to come, they can submit their name confidentially and they can get some hot coffee, some breakfast. All day at the Glory Hall, they will have the same program going on. Our hope is to get some bags to other places in the community. St. Vincent to Paul, of course, but also Family Promise over in the Jordan Creek Mall and some other agencies like Polaris House downtown, Front Street Clinic buildings where people who are homeless come. The events will be at Marine Park from 7 to 10 a.m., Glory Hall all day, or St. Vincent to Paul from 9 to 4. In the last year, Ringel says there's been a unique grant to offer relief. And what we're amazed at is how many people hear about it were living in cars or living in unsafe situations. And we've actually managed to get over 120, 150 individuals off the street into temporary housing. Our goal is to get them into permanent housing. Absolutely. That's much our housing market, but you've got to start somewhere. And Ringel says they expect to see an increase in homeless people in their counts this year. Given the number of people who are new, who are showing up at the warming shelter and who are showing up at the glory hall, there's been a surge in people who were never homeless before. We're seeing is people with jobs who lose their apartments, can't find 
new apartments. We have seniors who have lived in places, their apartment is sold, they assume the situation is the same as it was 20 years ago, and if they don't get help, they end up losing their lease with nowhere to go. We're working on getting those people housed quickly. The longer you wait to get help, the harder it is. Following a drug bust in Juneau last week, another fentanyl-related drug bust took place in Craig. Here's Jazz Garrett with the details. On Friday, Alaska State Troopers, along with the Craig Police Department and the assistance of Southeast Alaskan Cities Against Drugs, executed a search warrant in Craig. The search revealed 116 blue fentanyl pills, powdered fentanyl, and approximately 0.5 grams of methamphetamine. Jacob Sharp, age 31 of Craig, was arrested for one count of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the second degree. Billy Anderson, age 60 of Craig, was arrested for two counts of misconduct involving a controlled substance in the fifth degree. Both individuals were remanded to the Craig Jail. Anderson is held on $500 bail. Sharp is held without bail. The street value of the seized narcotics is estimated to be over $9,000. Coming up on News of the North, the Platypus Minicon was held over the weekend at Juneau Public Libraries. Juneau City Mayor Beth Weldon outlines a very busy agenda coming up for the Juneau City and Borough Assembly of a Whole meeting tonight. And COVID, it's a leading cause of death in children and young people in the U.S. and the lingering effects of the pandemic on children's learning as well. Those stories coming up on News of the North. Welcome back to News of the North. The Platypus Minicon was held over the weekend in Juneau at the public libraries. Board games were played for prizes Saturday in Douglas and Sunday in the Valley. Usually, there is one platypus gaming convention per year. But due to Centennial Hall being closed for renovations, they decided to have a mini-con over the weekend and a second event later this year. Joshua Warren, founder and president of Platypus Gaming in Juneau, says how the weekend unfolded and what to expect next. So we wanted to mix it up and have it at both so people could easily come play games. We have had people come to both, which is pretty exciting. Probably the biggest game day at the library we've had. The big convention, this is just sort of a mini representation of it, is September 8th through 10th this year. And then we're hoping to get back to sort of normal days in 2024. He shares differences between Minicon and the main convention. The library is three hours because that's essentially when they're open. When we're at Centennial Hall on Fridays, we open at 6 p.m. and we go till 2 a.m. And on Saturday, we open at 10 a.m. and go to 2 a.m. And then on Sunday, we open at 10 a.m. and go till 6 p.m. Our peak year, the year before COVID, I think we had about 350, so between three and 400 people. Warren says they have a wide variety of games. My friends try to keep me from buying too many new ones, so we try to keep it at around 2,000 games in our library. So any age group, you want to play a complicated game, we have complicated games. If you want to play a game that I can teach you in 30 seconds, we have those too. There are more games than just those at mass market stores. There's a lot of fun ones. The Juno City and Borough Assembly of the Whole will hold its second meeting of the year with a full agenda. Mayor Beth Weldon spoke on Action Line Friday. She outlined some of the ordinances that will be presented and also a public hearing for a tourism-related resolution. Up for public hearing is a resolution adopting cruise ship tourism policy objectives from the Visitor Industry Task Force. I kind of alluded to this beforehand. Um, this is the, from the Visitor Industry Task Force report, and it's just um, adopting some of its policies, um, such as five ships a day um, and several other policies attached to it. So um, that will be up for public hearing on Monday. 
One of the more high-profiled agenda items is the Gold Belt Gondola Project at Eagle Crest Ski Area. We also have an ordinance appropriating $10 million to the manager for the Eagle Crest Gondola Capital Improvement Project. And this funding is provided um, from Gold Belt, Inc. And as people recall that uh, we are in an agreement with them and they're going to come up with the front money um, for a percentage of the revenues as um, that gets in place and starts generating some summer revenues. She addresses some of the priority goals that will be presented at the meeting, including incentives for attracting new hirees to the city. And then we will finalize our FY24 legislative capital priorities, and I just read the top 10. Um, We will also be looking to finalize um, our assembly goals. And we are looking at an employer-sponsored dependent care account, and that will just be a staff report. And that's the, like the 401k match that I just talked about previously as one way to get people to work for the city. COVID-19 has become a leading cause of death in children and young people in the U.S. ABC's Dave Packer reports. We're getting a clearer picture of the impact that COVID-19 has had on the youngest Americans. Nearly three years since the start of the pandemic, a CDC study showing that COVID-19 has become one of the top 10 causes of death in children and young people, birth to 19 years old. From the start of August of 2021 to the end of July of last year, the COVID death rate for that group, 1 in 100,000, with COVID the leading killer among all infectious and respiratory diseases. The study promoting vaccination, medication treatments, and proper ventilation as tools to limit infection. Dave Packer, ABC News. Story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.